Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alborigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, great to be with you, sir. I know I say that every week, but I truly mean it. Yeah, you know what, and I do too. It's funny because um, Wednesdays I normally meet with my buddies for breakfast, but um, today I didn't do it, and it's it's interesting. I'm like, okay, I can't I can't wait to talk to Dwayne today because that's what we do on Wednesdays, and you know that's my thing, and and you know I I really do the same. I feel really good about chatting with you. It's kind of like. For me, I have to be honest, it's kind of like my own personal coaching slash, I don't know if I want to call it like a coaching, but more of a reminders, you know, like-minded, sharing, mentoring group. I, I don't know. I, I just love it. So I'm, I'm happy to be here with you also. Yeah, maybe even mastermind, right? You know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we should hold one, maybe in an exotic location and invite people to go. We could, we could, or we could even do a virtual one, uh, but that's not that's the call true today. Too. But anyways, <laughs> but that wouldn't that wouldn't be fun, right? <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. It's nice to get out and yeah, be in the real world. Yeah. So um, so awesome. I mean, we're here today talking about you know some really cool things. And by the way, I just wanted to point out to you and let you know that I posted an idea that I'm doing, and I've been doing it for a few years, and it's not that original, but um. I'm doing a fundraiser for the months of October, November for Breast Cancer Awareness, CTF, which is the Children's Tumor Foundation, and my demo team. So I posted a flyer on our uh, Facebook page showing people what I'm doing in case they want to get an idea and do it. And basically the concept is I charge $20 for the belt, and we have tie-dye belts that my demo team actually made out of all the ample boxes and boxes. I think we just counted them up the other day. We have 690 white belts because people buy uniforms and they don't need the belt, so we just throw the belt in a box, right? So um, anyway, we tie-dyed like a few hundred belts, and then we sell those for $20. The students get to wear them for the months of uh, October and November. We're also doing pink belts and red belts. And uh, the money goes to our demo team, CTF, and Breast Cancer Foundation. And we're going to do small, a 10% snippet of that fundraiser to go for brand-new pads in our school. So uh, I put that on our, our page if anyone wants to see it and check it out. It's pretty cool, and I uh, hope they get some ideas, and you're welcome to steal it or use it or inbox me on it or whatever. Swipe and deploy. Exactly. S and D. S and D. Not steal, man. Come on. Yeah, exactly. The truth. That's the truth. There you go. So um, so today we have a great call, and, and um, what you want to get started on and start talking to, you know, do the lead-in? Yeah, certainly. So today we're going to talk about taking your coaching to the next level. Uh, and basically, these are just going to be ideas on getting the best bang for your buck with regards to coaching. Um, we're not here to uh, coach bash anyone um, or anything like that, but we do have some ideas on um, well, just, again, getting the best bang for your buck with regards to coaching and maybe some parameters, some ideas uh, that you want to keep in mind when and if you are looking for a coach. I, I, would, I will say that I think everybody needs a coach, um, and I can prove it. And here's kind of what I mean. We all had a martial arts coach, or we have martial arts coaches, meaning that we have a instructor or we have many instructors, depending on what we're doing, multiple arts or what have you. And so in order for us to move up the ranks and become better in our skills, we had or have uh, a current or a past coach or both in order to do that. And, and I, I think setting it up that way, saying it that way, speaks directly to the martial arts school owner who, yes, maybe you are a phenomenal martial artist. I, like, I'll, I'll be square with you. I think I'm an okay martial artist, but I think I'm probably a, a better business person than I am a physical martial artist. Um, and that being said, I, I would say my unique ability is, you know, probably speaking and motivation with regards to my students. I don't mean to everybody else in the world, but I mean speaking and motivating my my students, and I just happen to use the martial arts, not cheaply, meaning I don't, I'm not a McDojo, I don't teach. Um, oh, my, you know, my head, I hate, I hate, you know, I hate that term. I know, I should not say that, but I'm not a, I teach real martial arts, don't get me wrong, right. and I've done my due diligence with regards to um, going out and seeking the best things for my students. 
I'm not a straight-up traditional martial artist anymore. I still do love the traditional martial arts. I, I think that there are things that you can only get from them, to be quite honest with you. And this isn't a debate on MMA and all this other stuff. That's not what I mean. I just want to lay the groundwork with regards to we all need someone helping us from time to time. And it doesn't mean that you need a coach looking over your shoulder every day. Uh, sometimes you do need that in the beginning. So I'll give you a for instance. At the beginning of this year, I knew exactly what to do in order to lose the weight that I wanted to lose. I was 219 pounds. I, I wanted to get down to 180. I know what to do. I just needed someone to be there to make sure that I was going to do it. So I got on a food fuels program. It's called Food Fuels. And I actually picked the coach who is in my area. Him and both of his kids went to my studio. And my wife doesn't like it when I say this, but I picked him because, you know, Mr. Brummett can't fail with a former student, you know, right, right. Like I, I've got to be the one that follows through. So I set myself up to make sure that I was going to follow through. I, I actually could have stopped the program after one month. I continued to do it one more month um, with him. And now I know what to do. I still continue to do it. Do I get derailed, if you will, from time to time? Certainly. But since I started that, I also uh, uh, bike three times a week on my trainer. Um, I also now lift. My goals have kind of shifted a little bit with regards to my weight. I never got down to 180. I did get to 185 because I actually changed my goal to 185. I got to 185 by um, July 4th, which was my goal. Actually, before right before July 4th, I was 185. Um, and the reason I switched that five pounds because I had been lifting. And I, I, I didn't want to get crazy with regards to losing the weight because well, we all know that muscle weighs more than fat. And so, anyways, uh, we need coaches. And so I, I, I say all that. Now, do I still have that coach for food? No. Do I have a guy that I go and lift with who's a friend of mine who I would say is my motivator or mastermind with regards to uh, going and showing up every, every week, two times a week to lift? Yes. And so I think, you know, once you get to a certain level, you don't necessarily need a coach looking over your shoulder every once in a while, but to have uh, that coach or coaches masterminding with you, um, you know, continually is an important thing. So I wanted to lay the groundwork. I don't know if I did it honesty, you know, or justice, but uh, you, you pick it up from there. No, no, I, and everything you said is just so true. And by the way, I was going to say, you probably should have picked Kenny Bigby to coach you. That dude is in the ma most amazing shape, ripped, you know, sh ever since I met him, he's shredded. It's just genetics. I mean, he looks so good. Um, so, uh, but, but you're right, though. Goals we set are goals we get. What's that old Tony Robbins saying, can I, constant and never-ending improvement, the C-A-N-I. Um, and, uh, you know, knowing your – and also Tony Robbins' metaphor is MAP, roadmap, M-A-P, massive action plan, right? And most people fail because they don't have um, a, a roadmap. They, they say, hey, I'm going to lose weight like you did. But you had a plan. You knew what you needed to do, starting with diet, a regimen as far as workout, getting a, a mentor or a motivator or someone who could work out with you, right? All of those things are what makes a successful uh, a goal take place. Here's the thing. I, you know, the reason why this is so passionate to me, this, this whole coaching thing, is I'm constantly talking to people who are interested in coaching with me, right? And they're also like, hey, I'll take that free trial month because I give out a free trial month, and I then will um, – will we'll then take a month to start to show people um, what coaching can do for them. And I have to tell you my biggest struggle, and I'm going to be totally honest with this, sometimes after the first, maybe second call, my head starts to cloud up and I, and I kind of get frustrated. And I start saying to myself, like, oh, my God, this is, I'm not going to be able to reach this person. Because I hear continuously the same thing like, in my area, this won't work. Or when I tried that before, it won't work. Or when this guy from another big coaching group tried to get me to do it, it didn't work. And, and, and then some people just, they throw up all their personal issues on you and they talk about why they can't get to the marketing, why they can't get to the building of the school because their life is in turmoil uh, and blah, blah, blah. So my point being with this whole entire thing, sometimes as coaches, we have to go deeper than business systems. We have to teach people how to correct the, 
the self-destructive habits that they have in their life that if they continue with what well, they don't even see it, though, there are these little things that we see right away as a red flag, but they see it as just normal life. The words they use, the, the habits that they have, and then they go on and they try to plug in a very smart, organized, super or uh, whatever it may be system that was handed to them from a very successful school owner that's killing it. And through their mindset, they, they fail. They, they can't see the program working. They don't have the habit that that successful school owner had. You know, they maybe do it twice a week when this successful school owner did it seven days a week. You know what I mean? All of those things are so important and um, very, very cool. And I think that it's so important for everyone to understand that. And um, there's this, this thing in our lives that we have that are basically stopping us. I call them anchors. Um, anchors are things that stop us from doing what we need to do. Yeah, you have something to show us, Dwayne? I don't know. Are we both on on the thing? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, all right. Yeah, go ahead. Of of what use to make heroic vows of amendment if the same old lawbreakers is to keep them? That's so true, right? I mean, that's really it. So Emerson said that, and you know who introduced me to that quote was uh, Grandmaster Keith Hafner, and Wow. You know, it's it's so true that, you know, we we make our lofty goals or desires or whatever. We we decide at the beginning of the year we're going to do XYZ and we have great intentions, but we when we continue to be the lawbreaker, meaning we do not right. create the habits, right? We do not create the mindset that needs to occur in order to make those things happen. When we don't take responsibility and we rather use excuses, uh, that's, we're that lawbreaker. And, and we, right. can't, we cannot move past, uh, and you will never grow farther than your mindset is right. at whatever current level. It's at. Yeah. So I, this is this actually hangs in my bathroom. That's why I went and got yeah. it. <laughs> and, and you know, it, and it's in, it's an interesting phenomenon that um, people's brains will justify and tell them what they want to hear to make themselves feel good about what they're going through. Like in other words, um, I, I don't know. Uh, you try something, whatever it is, and somehow something happens to stop it. Right. So let's just pretend. You're trying to get a permit on uh, your building when you're building it out, and, and then the town comes in and says, hey, you need these permits as well. And now we're like, oh, man, you know, the, the town, they stink, they hurt us, they do this, they do that. I'm like, there's no way you're going to change what's necessary because that's their rules, and that's what they're going to do, and they're going to enforce it to the letter. So you might as well bow down to the request, buckle down and get it done and, and, and do it rather than moan and groan and cry and complain as much as we'd like to just say, I'm not going to do it because I have every right to not do it. But in our society, not always the laws or the, or the, the rules are, are fair and just. However, it is what it is, right? So we have to do it. And I can't tell you for every time I talk to someone how they tell me why they couldn't get around to it. Right. Like, oh, I couldn't do my marketing today because it was raining or I couldn't get out there and put my rack cards out because it was very the weather was bad. Like, stop the excuses and get out and do it. Like, I just spent about 20 minutes with a guy who told me that he's great at organization and and, um, prioritizing how. And and he says, I have you have no idea, Ali, how organized I am. I have like a like my whole entire wall is filled with sticky notes. Like, that is the very essence of unorganization or disorganization, right? You just have your mind on the page, right? You don't have a formulated plan of action. I would say take every one of those sticky notes and put them on top of each other, make a big pile of it, and work from the top down. Work on sticky note one, get it done, say, and then stick it on the wall. Yeah, prioritize right? Exactly. But some people don't understand how to do that. And they might be smart, intelligent um, businessmen that are older and more mature, but they still have never learned. That's the biggest thing is prioritization and organizational skills that's lacking in our world today. Do you uh, agree? I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we live in a, 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 a five-word, two-picture society, and, and you know, this, this phone you know, I, I, this is in my pocket. Uh, you know, this phone dings, and, and there's stuff that comes up all the time that, uh, yeah. This this happened, and no, I mean I'm I'm not making light of the hurricane, but the hurricane's coming. You know that comes across your phone, and then you've got 
this shooting that happened, that come across your phone. And then you've got your own mm. Facebook and, and Instagram feed and all this other stuff. That's just, you're yeah. being distracted. Uh, and I know you compliment me all the time with regards to the fact that I don't email people back uh, in a timely manner. You know, I, I, I look I, at I, it once. I compliment you, but I don't necessarily love it. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. You know, if it, 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 uh, my wife would even say, she's like, well, aren't you going to get that? Like the phone will ding and there's something, aren't you? No. Yeah. It, I don't know how you do I, it. And she, and she's, she's really good about getting back to people because she'll do it right away. I'm like, yeah. no, number one, um, it's not urgent. It doesn't need to be done this moment. Um, yeah, I, if I could not see it come across my phone, that would be even better. Uh, right. And I know some things you can set up to do that, but there are some people's emails that when they come across, I, you know, I do want to take care of it. So if my wife's at work and she text messages me or she emails me and, and something, and in fact, if, if she emails me something that needs to be done, she'll text me too and say, hey, I just emailed you this week because she knows I'll right. look at the, the text before I look at the email. Then I'll go and do it. So I have an A-list of people that get through or I will do it right away. Um you're on my A-list, but there's some things that just doesn't need to be done right away. And I know that frustrates right. you because you're like, you're like, I want it right now. Not that you're telling me, yeah. but yeah. No, no, I get it. Like it's a, today I'm like, I'm hanging on the very edge of my seat waiting for you to finally send over the links to the thing so I can promote it. And I'm like typing to my fiance, Nicole, like I, I'm waiting. I want to promote this thing. And then it finally comes through and I'm like, okay, now I can do what I got to do. But here's the thing, though. Going back to what I was saying, I think that people's biggest fatal flaw when in business is not knowing when to listen to sound advice, right? It's always sorting through and try to pick out little pieces of what you believe to be good for you. Like, for instance, when I'm coaching someone, I'm saying you really – and I don't like to use the word should because you know that old saying, you should, 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 you should all over yourself, Right. Um, but yep. but I'd, I'd like to say that they must listen. If they're paying a coach or they're asking for advice, take the advice. There was a saying, I forget what it was, uh, about somebody who doesn't they, – they ask advice and then they don't take advice. I forget what the saying is. I don't know what it is, but uh, they had a funny acronym for it. If anyone online is listening, maybe you know that, that saying. But anyway, so I, I might say – Okay, well, we need to market. Well, uh, you know, I'm really busy, and I well, you're not too busy to market because if you don't market, you won't have a school. Like, you know, or you need to give me X, Y, and Z of maybe, you know, your student list or your student count or your expenses or what you're paying out, you know, in salaries. Okay, I really don't know that stuff. Okay, well, can you get it to me by next week? Oh, yeah, I'll have it by next week, and next week never comes, The next week never comes. And they don't want to listen to the experts, the person that they ask advice to. And I think that the biggest thing is with coaching is you have to fix your anchors, your problems, your bad habits before you could go on to, you know, becoming this new person, this new ultimate success. You have to get rid of what's holding right. you back in the first place. Right. What well, do you think about uh, that? If anybody that listened to our last uh, last week's call with Brent Tibbetts, you know, he talked about that, you know, moving from you know, quitting his, his day job, if you will, to, to doing this full time. I, I want to say it was back 2017 is when I first met him or whatever, or excuse me, 2007 is when I first met him, somewhere around then. And it took him, what, how many years to, to yeah. you know, actually go you know, that, that stuff Dwayne's been talking about and preaching about and, you know, gave me and blah, blah, blah. I, I'm finally going to do it. And, and right. it just took him, it took him that long to, you know, what he would say, it took him that long to humble himself to right. go, I don't know it all. And to, uh, you know, move forward with that. So I, you know, and I don't know what the number is now, but I do remember Stephen Oliver at one point saying that, uh, and I don't, again, I, I'm probably screwing up the number, but the quote, is true him saying that he doesn't want to nor will he uh necessarily work with somebody that their school's only making 12 or 15,000 I forget the number but let's just say $12,000 a month and right I, I I I get why he's saying that because it's not just that they you know that they're you know so if they're making $10,000 it's not just that they you know, that they're only making $10,000, what he's figured out is that um, it, mindset is, correlates with 
revenue um, to a certain degree, if not to a major degree, and trying to educate someone so that their paradigm shifts and has has multiple <laughs> aha moments, you know, uh, is is hard to do. And I think you that's know what, what we're the, talking about. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's so true, though, what you just said, though, and, and I agree 100% with the, um, the correlation to making money. So he's able to use the, the billing number, and it would be, let's say it's a bare billing number of, let's say, 5000 Let's just pretend that we were lower our standards to the $5,000 level, right? And um, for him, that's an indicator of whether they're willing to have an open mind to doing what it takes to hit that next plateau, right? And so many times school owners are so caught in that paradigm where they're, where they're frozen in time and excuses and they're not willing to do what it takes to step up to the next level. And that doesn't mean more time more because everybody – here's the thing. I, I, a guy I talked to this week, he's so overwhelmed because he works like 100-something hours a week, but he's caught in this low level uh, or lower level of billing in smaller school – but he's working like crazy. But after talking to him for 40 minutes, I was able to uncover how much time he's wasted, how many things he's doing backwards, which he could be doing forwards and changing his results. And it's the little things that we don't realize. So like digging a hole, I used to have people that would shovel rock when I owned a landscape company, right, and shovel mulch into a wheelbarrow. And then some of the guys got to the point where they started to think lazy. And I, I like those guys because those guys weren't lazy. They thought lazy. So meaning like they didn't want to spend it every shovel lifting. They, so some of them would turn the wheelbarrow over on its side and push the rock into the wheelbarrow and then yank it up and it'd be three quarters of the way full. Five more shovels, they'd wheel it away. Other guys were shoveling a hundred times to fill up that same wheelbarrow. And I, I liked it because they were quicker because they thought lazy. They're like, I'm not going to kill myself. I'm going to work smart. And then they would fill the wheelbarrow and go dump it. Um, but the other guys were working so hard, and at the end of the day, they were trashed and exhausted. Well, the other guys who were seasoned, who had the wherewithal to do it the lazy way, or the supposed lazy way, but the smart way, and get twice the amount of work done, right? So, um, so that's really what's important. By the way, Rick Kellerman said the name of that is called an ask hole. <laughs> when people ask questions that they don't listen. A-S-K-H-O-L-E. Um, so that's funny. But, um, yeah, we have a good group on with us today. And, and uh, David Nemiroff said to me, I know he's complaining, and I, I don't know why, but he's complaining. He says, my coach is a real troublemaker. <laughs> uh, he's talking <laughs> Which, about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But he, he's, um, he's, uh, he, he's a perfect example if I may talk about him and he's still listening. It took me a good year, year and a half, to kind of break him down to the point where he was open to make some changes for his own good, right? Sometimes we're, as martial artists, we're so set in our way. Like, I will never do this, or I will never do that. That's not how I was raised. That's not how I'll do it, right? But I was always with him going, listen, I don't want you to do it exactly my way, but tell me what is comfortable for you, and let's make it comfortable enough so that you feel good about it so that we can change it a little bit and make it work, um, yeah. And uh, that's really what it was all about. It was all about taking that mind and opening it up enough to expand it to the point where it makes your life better. And listen, some things coaches will tell you, you may not like it and you have the right to refuse it. If, it's, if it pushes against your morals or your integrity or your you know, belief system, just say, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm not interested in doing paying fulls for four years and, and if they quit taking all their money. Like if that bothers you, don't do it. But my point well, is yeah, you have it would be you're right. It would be kind of like, uh, you know, you, if you were my coach and you said to me, you know, hey, look, I just, you know, this year alone I've made uh, $25,000 uh, on doing a uh, uh, a Buddhist meditation camp. And I right. did one every month for, you know, one weekend or whatever. Right. I would say, you know, I, I'd like to make that money, but I'm just not going to do a Buddhist meditation camp. Uh, right. That would be one. I was just trying to come up with something that would. And, and why? With, and why? Why wouldn't you do that though? Because you're. A well, yeah, school, I, right. I'm, exactly. Yeah. And I, but I may say to you, Dwayne, hey, I get it. Now, why don't we do something similar? 
Um, but that fits into your belief system. So could we do something right. that's empowering with Christianity? And you'd be like, absolutely, I do it every day. And you'd easily, bam, you'd be able to switch it from Buddhism to Christianity, and it would make total sense for you, right? But some people would be just like, no, the idea sucks, I'm done, move on, right? And they don't want to hear it. And it's the concept that is the, the key. Exactly. And, and that's where sometimes I believe we have a hard time uh, as school owners getting getting over that, meaning, you know, that we're looking at the thing at face value as opposed to looking to what's behind it, what's the concept behind it, and why does right. the concept work, that type of thing. And, you know, uh, going back to what you talked about, basically saying school owners need to know their numbers, and if you don't know your numbers, that's exactly with regards to me losing weight. I mean, my, my uh, uh, coach in the food fuels, he had me send him my weight every single day, every day. Some people right. say that that's right. wrong. I, you know what? It is wrong if you deal with anorexia, but I don't deal with anorexia, right? right? right. So I sent it every day. I still take, I still weigh myself every day, and I yeah. go, I, I can go. Oop, that was a bad weekend, you know. <laughs> Which I would, I knew anyway, stepping on the scale, yeah. you know, that type of thing. But okay, what do I need to do in order to get back down to where I want to be? And that's only, that's only because I know my numbers um, yeah. with regards to weighing myself, and now. Uh, I, I've shifted a little bit. So I know my weight, I know my BMI, and I do that every day because my scale does that. But but then my friend who I weight lift with has one of the fat things where you put your hand on it and tells you uh -huh. your body fat. Well, we do that once a week um, because I only see him twice a week anyways, but he has it, and then we'll stop by his house and I'll do it. And so then – and the reason I do that, that one to me is more important because I want to see my, my – uh, I already know that I'm eating correctly. I know that I'm exercising correctly. The only way for me to know if I'm gaining more muscle than fat now is to do that. And so the, right. the, me the measurements – I'm still taking the other measurements or metrics, but the measurements, that the metric now, I've added to that. And what we're talking about is, you know, when a coach says, you know, uh, I need this, I need this, I need this, those are usually in the beginning the bare minimum. And then as those become habits – and it's really funny that we're talking about this because – I, I've done this, and this is my sixth week. So, so five weeks I've done uh, a Sunday school class, and last week, the fifth week, was on goal setting. And um, I, I took the acronym goals, or I took the word goals, and I, I swipe and deployed what Zig Ziglar used to call goals as godly objectives achieve lasting success. And so, you know, G-O-A-L-S. And anyways, I taught them SMART goals and, you know, specific. they got to be specific, measurable. We talked about metrics. Of course, I talked about my weight, the things that I've done. Um, you know, a, a achievable. Can you actually achieve it? Do you have the skills to achieve it? And if not, how are you going to get those skills? And who can help you go and get those skills? That's where we talked about having a coach. I told them that, you know, if, you know to, in order to if, – if, if exercising is not a habit of yours, then, you know, you decide, okay, three days a week I'm going to exercise, but I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to uh, go to the gym, you know, this week, and then I'm going to drive back home. Like, you don't, just, just show up to the gym for the first week. Yeah. And then the next week you're going to do five minutes of a workout. You know, it doesn't have to be. I'm going to go do an hour. And so exactly. we did specific, measurable, achievable, uh, um, uh, relevant. And I told them relevancy is exactly what you talked about. Number one, uh, you, when you're making this goal, you've got to take in consideration the season you are in your life, where you're at inside of your life right now. If you've got, you've got four kids and a, and, a, and, a, and a spouse and you think that you're going to go and work out every day for two hours, it just ain't going to happen uh, because something's going to give, <laughs> you know, and, and it's going to be your family and it's going to be your relationship, that type of thing. So, number one, it has to be relevant in the season of your life. Two, uh, it has to be in line with the values, and that's what we're talking about. Like, go, you've got to go get a coach that's going to be in line with your values or at least sympathetic to those values that you have. Right. You know, um, I, I, I coached with uh, Stephen Oliver for 18 months, and he's not a Christian, at least that I know right. of. You know, and I, I don't mean to call him out. That's not what I mean. Um, at the, not that he was, uh, you know, cursing up a storm and drinking and because he never did that. He doesn't drink. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. So, I mean, I took what he had to say. I ran it through my filter. Not that he ever said anything contra contrary to what I believed anyhow. 
But I did. Uh-huh. I, 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 I ran it through that filter and then I, it, look, it took me six months to pull the trigger on something he told me to do. I'm right. just as dumb as the rest of us. And as soon as I did my first pay, because he was talking about, you got to do some paid in fulls. Now my, my, my mind, sh- my mindset has shifted on that, but I did a $13,500 paid in full the first time I went to go and do it. I about crapped my pants. That month mm-hmm. I did a 46, I did a $46,000 month that month. That was wow. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, yeah. I didn't know how to save at the time. <laughs> yeah. So you can kind of see where this is going, you know. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't until you and I talked about uh, paid in fulls where you said, you know, hey, look, there needs to be a ratio. Like, there needs to be a right. number to this. Out of every right. 10 students, this is what you should do if you, if you are going to do paid in fulls. And even now, right. my mindset, my, and this is probably, I don't know, uh, 10 years ago when you told me that. Now my mind shifted or my mindset has shifted on paid in full. I don't want to do a paid in full. I want right, to pay right. me full price, uh, now, but I'm in a different yeah, like, position in my, my studio than I was back then as well. So you got to have a coach that's in line with your values or at least sympathetic to those values that, 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 that you, uh, that you have as well. And then, you know, yeah. you got, you have to have somebody that's actually successful, somebody that's yeah. actually doing it. You know, right. Well, this is what I call the magic syndrome, too, where where like, you know, people who are um, hiring a coach and and, okay, like they say, okay, Dwayne, I'm going to coach with you. You're going to charge me X amount of dollars a month. Let's get started. You're like, okay, I meet you on Wednesday at 10 o'clock next week and we'll start. And then you give me a list of things to do, and I only take a third of them and do them. The rest of them I ignore, I don't like, I don't believe in, et cetera, et cetera. I'm wasting my money. But what I, the reason why I call it a magic syndrome is sometimes there are people that sit in the audience of a magic show, and they're like, oh, that's not real. That's not magic. I'm like, dude, he's not a wizard. He doesn't have special powers. It's an illusion. It's a trick. Of course it's not real. Of course it's not magic. It's, it's illusion. But they're masters of illusion, right? So you can't go to a magic show and expect to enjoy yourself and every trick you tell them that it's fake, it doesn't look good, you saw this, you saw – like go and enjoy yourself. Dig in, dive in, and just accept the opportunity and and the the experience, right? So that's why I think that a lot of times working with a coach, a lot of times has to be – the person has to be opened up to breaking through – those anchors that they have, the things that tell them, and they might not even know it. I have to tell you honestly, I have many martial arts friends that I love dearly that are so talented that barely are out. They're like like one step away from being homeless. No joke. I'm not saying that to be to exaggerate. Where they live in their schools, they don't have many students. They're always barely making rent. They're they're struggling so badly. And the reason for that is because they have this belief system that they will not get rid of that is holding them back, and they don't even know it. So the only way for you and I as a coach to get through to them is to try to work on those bad things, those bad habits, those belief systems that don't work. Like, like I'll give you an example. I talked about this a few times, but I had a, a few disgruntled students that left me to go with another guy who opened up a school, right? And um, anyway – they uh, they wrote a bad review about me on um, on Yelp, and they wrote, oh, yeah, Sheehan Ali Alberigo, you know, I, I trained with him for 14 years, and the last four years were hell. I'm like, why would you stay for another four years in hell, right? But they did, right? So then they're like, and all he cares about is the money. Well, lo and behold, I haven't raised my tuition in eight years. There was no fandangle gimmick like, hey, Dwayne, I got this special white shiny object I'm going to sell to you, and you know, I'm going to promise you the world, and you're not going to really get it. I'm just going to take your money. It was the same old thing. So they, they started to turn sour, and, not, and they, their mindset was shifting because maybe they weren't getting what they wanted, or maybe I pushed them too far, or maybe they didn't like me anymore, and our personalities clashed because they grew one way and I grew another. That's all fine and dandy, but when people say it's all about the money – or all about this, they, they have some sort of stigma. They're afraid. Like, so haven't you heard this in numerous times where a school owner would go, oh, no, no, that's not going to happen in my area. People buy me, they don't do pay in fulls, or they, don't, they only pay $60 a month in my area. I'm like, no, dude, I know I have a friend who lives around the corner from you charging 199 and he's got 400 students. Oh, yeah, well, he's a sellout. 
He's a belt. He's a McDojo. He's a belt yeah. factory. He's a bad guy. He's a this. He's a that. And um, it's all about them trying to du- justify their failure or the reason why they can't succeed by putting down or saying it won't work or saying it's not real because they're not willing to just open up and say, look, it, I trust you. Guide me. I trust that you will take care of me like a sensei would take care of you. Guide me to becoming the best martial artist ever. If you have a student that second guesses everything, why do you do this move? Well, because it hurts. Well, no, it doesn't hurt on me. It won't hurt on them. And Like, what's the sense of it all, right? Like, you're going to have to constantly be battling with them. They should just find someone they can trust, right, and, and let them guide them. That's just my thought. Yeah, but that's the problem, you know. Uh, they are the problem. They don't trust people or they think that they have to ask these questions, you know, meaning when you have that student that just keeps repetitively asking you, it's basically to some degree, not all the time, but to some degree, it's a challenge. It's like, I don't believe you, so prove it. I don't believe you. Right. You know what? On some things, okay, I'll prove it. You know, but then there's other things. It's like, haven't I proven enough that you can trust me? Right. And, you know, I, 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 that's the same thing with regards to, to uh, coaching. It's, it's difficult to trust another person with your business, and that's basically what you're doing. You know, I, I told um, one of the guys that does birthday parties for me. He, mm-hmm. you know, teaches throughout the week and, and, you know, but he does birthday parties. And I told him, I said, and this was probably a few years ago. So a few years ago, he was 20. Mm-hmm. No, excuse me, 19. And I said, do you, do you realize how much I trust you? He's like, well, what do you mean? I said, you have a key to my business. You are here by yourself, the face of TriStar while I'm not here. And you are running it and you're in charge of everything and you're taking care of all of these people. I said, this is how my family eats. Yeah. And he, he just kind of took a step back and he's like, wow, here I was just thinking I'm teaching a birthday party. Right. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 it's so much more than that. I mean, you have a key to my business. You're running classes or, or parties when I'm not here. You're doing, ex- you know, and I went through a list. But he was like, wow. I said, yeah, I trust you that much. And you've earned that trust. I wouldn't just put anybody in there. I said, you've earned, I would go in there and do it before I put somebody in there that I don't trust. And, I, and that's kind of what needs to happen over time with regards to, you know, you, you finding uh, a coach or a mentor to, to help you. you. You do have to develop that, that trust. The thing is, it, it costs you. You, yeah, mentors or coaches in, in in the industry, well, in any industry, aren't doing it for free. I mean, right. you know, they may do like what you do. They may do a few consultations for free to kind of get to see yeah. if you're on the same page, see if you want to work together. Right. It's kind of like, you know, hey, the free two-week trial, you know, that you do right. in your school or whatever. That's okay. Um, but And I used to do it. Like, I used to help people out for for no no cost. And then right. it was like, man, what am I doing? I don't mean that I, it's all about the money. It's I actually know a couple of things that I've paid for and I've learned through hard knocks or whatever. It, it, and if somebody wants to learn, it's kind of like, you know, I'm charging for my own martial arts lessons. Why wouldn't I charge as a coach for someone to do the same thing, you know, be it right. learn how to run their business? And – not that martial arts isn't good, uh, but I'm helping somebody create a livelihood. Like with Brent Tibbetts, you know, he now supports his family, does what he wants, when he wants. I mean, to a certain degree. I mean, you have to be there at night to teach your classes. But he's got a lot more freedom now that he's an entrepreneur than when he was working for that right. Fortune 500 company. And right. so when you're, when you're looking for a coach, and I think we all are, the problem is we need to we need to sift sort and screen, right? And know that not every coach is the coach for us. And right. I guess maybe one of the other things is if you're looking for a coach, a coach should be asking you for your numbers. They should be asking what systems do you have in place to track at least the most important numbers. And if you're wondering what those are, we we did that back in uh, 
what, December, I think, of last year, right before the yeah. – um, it was the four metrics that you need in 2018 to move your business right. forward. You can go on our on our uh, schoolownertalk.com page and, 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 and look that up. I want to say it was the last – but maybe the second to last week in December is when we did it. I, I can look it up yeah. while we're talking and give you the exact number. Yeah, and I, I by the way, I tried to look something up the other day. I couldn't find it in reference to one of our calls. We have so many calls on there. It's like 100 and what are we up to this time? Well, this, today's is 187, yeah. It's crazy. So, so, so again, I think that what you're saying is, you know, and, and I'm saying it, that people should find, they, what is that? What's that? This, not what is, I'm going to tell you the saying um, that um, it's better to, to search for 10 years to find the right martial art teacher than train for 10 years with the wrong martial art teacher. Right. But I have an, a, a little bit of a, you know, a kind of like a tr- twist on that saying, right. Cause sometimes and it goes into the other famous saying that this, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So I'll give you an example. My daughter um, is in college. She came home for the weekend, right? And, you know, we're, you come home for the weekend to see your parents, right? You come home for the weekend to spend time together. The, the kid is such an addict when it comes to schoolwork and studying. And listen, I shouldn't complain as a parent because that's why I'm paying for her college, to her, for her to succeed. But I also have enough enough earthly knowledge to know that all work and no play, you know, is, is no good either, right? So I've my whole life, and, and take it from someone who was a workaholic, I owned a landscape construction company, I worked 170 hours a week, you know, um, you know, it, whatever it is, you know, like it's 168 hours in a week, and I worked that much, you know, I never slept, I just worked, right? When I was sleeping, I was thinking about things to do. Anyway, long story short, you need to learn how to trust. So I'm giving her some advice, and she's like, yeah, Dad, right back to her computer take a break kiddo <laughs> right back to her computer but you want me i need to do this my um it's due on wednesday like you know like she's always freaking out about it and i'm wondering when the teacher in me for her will appear because i'm just her dad right i don't really know any better but i'm trying to get her to have some balance in her life so with that being said i think that school owners need to learn how to delegate allocate and prioritize so that they could still be productive production mavens like get a ton of stuff done without killing themselves on a daily basis and that takes some real retraining of the mind refocusing of the mind i mean we should do a program you and i just on that alone discovering your pitfalls what's holding you back find out those things identifying them and then recorrecting them and that's where certain school owners don't – they don't know what – remember our, our saying, you don't know what you don't know, You don't know, know what right? you don't know, so, right, so, yeah. So, yeah. so how, do you, how do you know what you're not doing correctly if you don't know what you're doing incorrectly? Like you'll just keep on being in the hamster wheel day in and day out. Right? These so, are the uh, – if you go to schoolownertalk.com forward slash 155, that is, those are the stats. That's the call we did with regards to the stats that you need to know. Those are the four basic stats you have to have in order to run your business. Right. Um, yeah. No, I'm not opposed to uh, to to doing that. Let me let me say this though, with regards to um, with regards to coaching. Um, every like I said, everyone needs a coach from time to time. You don't. Sometimes you don't need a coach every day. Like I'll give you a for instance. Brent and I we we do it once a month. Right. Um, I love that. Um, he doesn't need me every week. Right. But when you are breaking through barriers, when there are, listen, there are constraints in your business, but the primary constraint usually is you. And until the coach asks the, and what do I mean by constraint? There's choking points that are in your business that are stopping it from growing. And, and until your coach asks the right questions to figure out what these constraints are, your business is never going to grow right. without releasing those con- constraints. But the, the, the funny thing is once you open up that constraint and it's no longer there, it's like peeling an onion. Then you'll be able to find the next one, the next choking right. point, and the right. next and the next and the next. But you cannot find the – and I don't know if there's ever a final one <laughs> – but you cannot get to the, let's say, proverbial final constraint when you don't ever find the first one. Because 
it is. They are massed of layer upon layer upon layer. And your business will never grow until you grow. And you can't grow until those constraints are removed. And it be it it might be, hey, let's 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 just say this. Let's say it's Allie today. Let's say your coach is Allie today. And Allie coaches you and finds these constraints and then your business opens up and you decide, all right, I'm good. Allie, we're done. And then you, you, you stay capped at that level. Right. And then you go back to Allie and you go, hey, you know, I'm just not growing anymore. And then he under, uncovers, you know, more constraints. Now, could you, right. could he have found those constraints earlier? Had you still, you know, continue to stay? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say hands down, probably so. But what people do is they stay with you for a couple of months. They don't see a lot. You know, like I even had a, uh, I had a uh, uh, CrossFit studio that wanted me to help them. Only helped them for three months. You know, what, what everybody wants is they want people inside the door. We all need that. I get that. Right. Um, but, we, you know, flooding your – I don't want to say this is easy. Flooding your, your place with students is necessary, but it may not be the most important thing, even though you need money in order to move forward. I get that. But if, if, the, if the systems inside of your business are not functioning to the capacity that you're bringing people in, you're going to lose them. And, and they're going to be – they're going to actually have a, a, a bad taste in their mouth. Your school uh, or your business will be worse off in the end than it was in the beginning, if that right. makes sense. No, it totally does. What you made, what you said, makes perfect sense. And and it's funny. I, I thought of a story. I wrote it down quick while you were talking. Um, and uh, one of my students said to me, "Hey, Sean, during sparring, I get hit in the face." And um, he's like, "What could I do better?" And of course, we would want to say, "Block, right? Just block, right?" But I, yeah, move, block, right? But then now I said, "Move, block, right?" And now it's more than just block. It's move and block. And then I say, like distancing. Right, knowing how to move, block, and create distance, or stay at a safe distance, or be able to combine all three of those with circular movement. Right, and so, so it's not just one thing that I would uncover because maybe you get a guy. Let's let's just pretend. I know this is a silly analogy, but the guy has no arms, and he can't block. So he has to become great at movement, and he has to become great at distancing. Right, he maybe has to use his feet to push the person away or kick better to keep the person at bay. There's so many things as a coach that I would look at that I would try to correct. And sometimes as coaches, you know this better than anyone too, is that we have to baby step it because it's hard for people to to chunk down too much information and make too many corrections to themselves where they almost feel like failures or they feel like, why am I doing this? Or I'm never going to get there or I'm overwhelmed. So we have to kind of baby step people through. That's why I don't like when people quit because yeah, they might've gotten to a point where they hit that goal of 20,000. Now that's why on my taking it to the next level program, um, I had five different years and each year reflected a different set of skills similar to like a college education. First one was basic systems. Second one was having employees. Third one was alternate investments. You know, fourth one was blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and it was different mental levels that they would get to. However, most people would go through all five years and have all the material and be stuck at number one, the first level. And that, they were never going to grow past that because I couldn't. I was only – it's an online program. I couldn't change who they were so that they could even see level two. Clearly, does that does that make sense? So sometimes they don't see it because they're not ready right. to see it. Yeah, information is not the key. Action on information is the key. Right. And we are an information overloaded society. Right. And we're not an action oriented society at all. If you want to, as a martial arts school owner, you want to stand out. <laughs> And you want to be successful, one, I would say less is best. Now, good, pure uh, information and action. Right. And once that occurs, repeat. Yeah. yeah and you're you know, right but, with but, regards to the fact that there are different layers. You know, I learn how to, I learn how to block, right? And then I learn how to, uh, it's not just, you know, I parry, but now my head moves with it. And right. then after I parry, 
you know, not as my, not only is my head moving with it, but then I spin, you know, my, 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 I, yeah. I, I carry and, and, and I turn. And so there's so many layers to that, but I can't teach all that at the same time because then there's going to be concepts that are going to be lost. Right. In that. And, I, and, and habits, bad habits that can develop if, if it's not taken step by step by step by step. Right. But Let, we all want the magic pill right away. That's the problem. Right. No, and, you know, I, I thought of that as well. Like, I, I have one of my high-ranking black belts who's a phenomenal martial artist. He's also a very, very good grappler, and he's doing a lot of grappling. So I see the grappling habits starting to take place, and I have to continuously point out you do know that in a real fight, you know, that may not work so well, right? You know, you know if the guy has a knife being on your back or, you know, trying to do an arm bar. So if your habit is to be a grappler, that's fine, but if you don't know how to separate that in a real situation – you may do what's habit and it might get you killed. So like in our style of ninjutsu, everything is about the combat-based system. We will go to the ground if we have to, but we have to be aware that the guy may have a knife or the guy may have a gun or, you know, there may be multiple attackers. So you have to constantly think that way. And I say, you know, this is the problem with us teaching martial arts and there being a lot of martial arts in the Hollywood and TV. And people are starting to watch the MMA and they think martial arts is boxing kicking, and grappling, right? And martial arts, if you look into the real deep side of the martial arts, it's so much more than just those three elements, right? It's so much more about evasion and avoidance and, and you, know, um, you know, the concept of, you know, dirty fighting, you know, that kind of thing, where you're living to survive. You're not going to go, hey, I'm going to try to get him in a chokehold. No, I might have to stick my thumb into that attacker's eye socket, you know, and, and defend myself if my life's in danger, right? Use a cup, right? Yeah. Right, you know, so much stuff, right? And that's so so important. But but not until that's pointed out to the to the student, to the coaching client, um, will they see how to, to open up to these new things, right? They're they're caught in their own little bubble, so to speak. We right? all are. We all are. Yeah. You know, I I, right. I don't want to put uh, people in these these boxes. We're all in our boxes. We all have right. boxes that we're trying to break through. And and a, right. a good coach. Um, will allow you to be able to break through those those barriers inside of that. And and truth be told, I go back to this. Primarily, the barrier is within your within your mind. And and what I mean by that is, one, you don't know what you don't know. Two is once you know what you don't know, you don't put it into action. Like we don't. We, right. we go. I knew. I I've, I've known how long. Uh, I, I mean, I knew how to lose weight. Right. But it wasn't until I put it into action and put these, you know, stepping stones in place so that, that, it, that it would happen. What was it? Last Friday, uh, I was with uh, my head instructor and uh, my other instructor, and, and we're, we're watching because we're, we're getting together and making sure we're all on the same page with our second degree and third degree material and what we're teaching. And so we're watching the video, and I, and I pointed it out, and I go to Mr. B, and I go, man, did I really look that big? Now, look, I'm yeah. 6'1". But that was probably when I was, you know, 219, 220 pounds, whatever it was. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we need to reshoot that video. But, see, right. I knew back then what to do and how to do it. But it yeah. wasn't until I was ready and motivated to do it that it actually right. happened. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing for school owners. Until we have had enough, until we've hit rock bottom or till whatever, then, then we're like, all right, I'm I'm ready to do it. Dwayne, Allie, tell me what, whoever it is, tell me what you yeah. want me to do. And here's the thing, too, is that so some people, like, you know, always want legitimacy in a coach. So, you know what people ask me all the time? How many students do you have? Like, as if that matters, right? You know, they should be asking, how happy are your students and how much money are you making at the end of the year? Or how much how much is your net worth, right? Like, I used to always say, to guys who used to try to sell me insurance investments. And I'd say, uh, I'd love to listen to what you have to say. What do you have in investments? How much money are you making off your investments? Um, I know people that are insurance investors that are broke, that they have nothing. Now they're going and coming to you in their nice suit and tie going, Dwayne, I have a great annuity and a plan for you that's going to make you rich. I'm going like, if I only knew um, what your financials were like, I would never even have you in my house right now. You know, not maybe as a friend, and I'd give you some used clothes because I know how bad off you are, but I wouldn't right. allow you to give me advice because you know nothing about running that 
business because you are broke and you don't have anything, right? So, so this is where sometimes you have to look at coaches' levels of success. And I, I quite often say to people, hey, listen, I've been doing this for 28 years. I've, and I've been running a commercially successful school for 28 years, always making six figures, sometimes seven figures. Um, you know, and, uh, and that just goes to show you what we know, you and I, and how long we've been around and survived that we're still doing it, right? So there are many schools we know open and closed and are out of business and people that are no longer doing it, and we're still doing it, and we're still happy doing it. Well, and I remember talking with Brent, uh, and, and again, I bring him up. If you're just now listening to this, it was uh, last week uh, that we uh, had, a, had a, uh, a podcast with Brent Tibbetts where he, he got, basically got rid of his job and, and now is doing uh, martial arts full-time. But that was one of the metrics that we put in was, you know, not only how much money do you need to make to replace um, what you, er- you know, you were earning in your, in your real job or whatever you want to call it, um, uh-huh. you know, your current job. But we, I talked about with him about retirement and, you know, do you have a 401k? Okay, what are you currently putting into it out of your check? And so that all needs to be factored, factored into the equation so that you can continue to do that. Now, of course, if you want to – put more in or whatever or diversify however you want to do it but we got to make sure that that's inside of the plan as well so you know and there's not many coaches out there that are talking about that with regards to you know do you want to rent do you want to buy a building do you want to have other real estate do you you know there's just yeah. so many other variables and that's what i uh, uh you know truth be told i mean that's what, not that we're lying here but that's what i liked about you know the taking it to the next level concept with your program was the, the whole level on, you know, uh, uh, investments and, and retirement and those type of things. Cause I don't, I don't know that that's really talked about that much in the industry. Uh, and that's something that you need to be looking at when you're hiring a coach as well. I, I get it. And I agree. I'm, I'm reading some of the quotes like, Paul wrote, ha, 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 and I'm like, what's so funny? And he wrote, but the man giving him clothes is hilarious. He is, sometimes I don't realize how funny we are. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Looks aren't everything. Exactly. It's the truth. I say that to my daughter all the time. Um, you know, we're we running out of time, and in closing, my last point would be that sometimes what we need to do is strip down to the bare minimum of what we're doing in our schools, the systems that are working, and then rebuilding them rather than just having things for the sake of, right? And um, I've been doing that a lot lately, especially with automation, and you're now doing Sparks membership as far as that online program, and I am too, and I have tons of automations. They're working so well. I love, love, love that program. However, um, it's also taking a lot of stuff off of my program manager. So a lot of the automation, then they have an, a task assigned after the automation, one, two, three, step four. Then they say, call the client and do this, rather than them always being bogged down every day, doing, being in the minutia of, uh, you know, caught up in the hamster wheel of just doing things for the sake of doing them, right? Um, so anyway, I love, I love the fact that I'm using that, but I'm also trying to eliminate systems that are not good for me, that just don't seem to be having a return on investment. You know, like, for example, I'm really analyzing and overanalyzing whether it's worth it for me to even go to all these fairs that I go to and go to a different events and so on and so forth, because I may get one student out of it, and I put all this money into it, and I, you know, bring all my staff and everything, and I get one student. Well, I'd rather stay home and do an internal event and have my students bring 10 students, and I sign up two. And you know what I mean? So we have to analyze yeah. what we do to see if it's even worthwhile. And then, again, a good coach would help you go through that and maybe enlighten you to say, hey, it's maybe not even worth it. Like, I love the show of the, uh, um, with Marcus Limonis, right, The Prophet. And he, he did that with an eyeglass company, and he did that with a cell phone company. He's like, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on these trade shows, and you're, you're losing money. Let's not go to them anymore, and let's do this instead, you know? So that's something yep. that you have to analyze what you're doing. So do you have any closing statements? No, I don't. Uh, well, yes, I do. Let me, let me say this. Um, it, this whole call, hopefully you don't take as, the, you know, that we, we want you to hire us as, as, as a coach. You know, if you're going to call anybody, call Allie. Um, you know, not, not yeah. that I don't help, but, you know, uh, call Allie. Shihan, the, just, just email him, shihan at uh, liNinja.com. So that's shihan at liNinja.com. The other thing is uh, next week we are going to do an open Q&A 
call live on this page, uh, on, uh, on our, our Facebook page. So if you are listening to this podcast, you need to go to schoolownertalk.com and, and become a member of the private Facebook page. So in the menu bar, uh, there's a link to be able to do that. Um, Actually, or if you're on a- it really it, it really doesn't make sense to even say that because they won't be seeing this unless they're actually in it, right? No, they could hear this uh, by oh, iTunes right. yeah, or you're, yeah, you're, the podcast. See, see, you're right again. <laughs> I'm not trying to be. I'm just, yeah, so, you know, uh, but next week we're going to do an open Q&A call, same time. So it's going to be 11.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, do the do the math, you know, for your, 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 your place. But uh, we'll, have, we'll post the link. Uh, inside of, of the video, and you'll be able to click on that link and get right on to and and uh, you know get right on the call and be live with us so that we can answer any questions that you have. Um, we can only put you know uh, what I think nine people or ten people in the queue, so you know right. you'll be able to click on that link and get in and ask as many questions as you possibly uh, can, uh, you know, with regards to your your studio or whatever. So we're uh, looking forward if- to that. And if they're shy and they don't want to be on, actually on the call, they can, we'll put up a link in our school owner uh, thing and they could list the questions ahead of time on there and we'll answer them next week. So we'll start gathering questions from a bunch of people from now until then on our, uh, on our page. Sounds good. And, and, uh, I'll, I'll set that up tomorrow just so you know, I'm not doing that today. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, no, no worry. All right. All right. Cool, well, dude. thanks. We got it. Thanks, Allie. All right, good talking to you. Have a great day. Okay, I'll talk to you soon, everybody.